0: You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. This is such an important episode. One of the biggest issues that we're dealing with right now in response. With COVID 19 and the big economic, social impacts, health impacts, is a strain on our mental health. And the ramifications are really just starting to unfold. And this is something we have to do something about right now. And so I wanted to bring on the best person in the world to give us some insights about this and to talk about some of the solutions. You know, right now, our family structures have shifted dramatically, our social structures economic structures, there's a lot of stuff that's fluxed up, all right, they're in flux. And I think today you're going to be able to see things from a new point of view. And again, we've got the best person on the planet to talk about mental health today. And it's just such a gift. I'm so grateful to have access to him and for him to share his wisdom. You know, He's worked with tens of thousands of patients over the years and it's just such a wealth of knowledge uh, but he's looking at it it's not just about mental health. it's about where does a mental health stem from and it's the health of our brains. and right now again, with so much being in flux, uh, we're just we're all trying to get adjusted. We've got some different issues we're dealing with whether it's you know disconnection from loved ones, you know physical disconnection, physical separation, whether it's this shocking increase in social media use. I just saw a report yesterday. it is un believable but then for you you're probably like yeah my social media time has gone up quite a bit you know we just got for many of us more time on our hands and there's not just necessarily some people's not more time on their hands but more things to look for to scare the crap out of us right and also you know a lot of people have their kids at home right now and here in california the schools are not opening back up for kids to go back to school this upcoming school year and so people are adjusting to that. And at some point it's just like your kids, you gotta have something for them. And also like summertime is not the same. My summertime as a kid, I'm going down to my grandma's house in the quote, in the country and we're swimming in the river, we're fishing. We're doing all that kind of stuff, you know? And so for a lot of kids, they're, you know, sheltering in place and they've got a small kind of area where they're able to even go right now so what do you do we're leaning more on our technology and i was just talking to my son brayden my youngest son brayden who's about to be nine years old it's so crazy but he's got his favorite little cartoon that we you know we let him watch on his ipad and i was just talking with him was like do you really understand how fortunate you are there's 24 7 access to cartoons now 24 7 New variety, so many different cartoons to watch. When I was a kid, we had after-school cartoons. It was maybe like 90 minutes or two hours after school. You got just some G.I. Joe. You got a little Transformers you throw in there. That's it. The rest of the time is like Wheel of Fortune, Murder, She Wrote, Magnum P.I. It's grandma stuff, all right? That's what we had, and then we had the holy grail of cartoons, which was Saturday morning cartoons. <sighs> you get a bowl of that cereal, you get a bowl of that colorful joy and watch Saturday morning cartoons. What was your favorite? I don't know why, but Muppet Muppet Babies was my was my jam. And then there were random ones that just kind of come and go. There's Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. There was there was one, it was like some All-Stars. It might have been called All-Stars, but it was Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and Bo Jackson were cartoon characters. I thought that cartoon was lit, but it was like here today, gone today. Anyways, Saturday morning cartoons, you got you a couple hours in, then random stuff starts drag racing, uh, pottery shows. That's all you got. You gotta live with it. Can you imagine the mental fortitude that that developed for us, for our generation? Our ability to de- have delayed gratification? What happened to delayed gratification? We could use a little bit more of that. But anyway, so how do we manage today's environment when technology is ever present? There's so much to consume. There's so much to you know keep us imprisoned in fear. How do we manage all this stuff? And that's one of the things we're going to address today, plus so much more. And before we do, again, a really, really important thing for us to to utilize right now when so much of the buying behavior for our food has shifted to delivery services? How can we do this and still not spend a fortune? How can we do this and save money? How can we do this and improve our health? How can we do this and actually support businesses that are doing things the right way and helping those who are truly in need? And this is why my family and I, we buy so much of our food, personal care products, and even home cleaning products, non-toxic from Thrive Market. Thrive Market, you're able to get all of the same things that you get at Whole Foods, you know, your favorite nut butters, your favorite chia seeds and sprouted quinoa, your favorite, you know, uh, cooking oils, you know, your coconut oils, your favorite paleo mayo is one of my favorites. Toothpaste, non-toxic personal care products, which you would be paying for at Whole Foods, you get for 25 to 50% off at Thrive Market, all right? Deliver right to your door. Huge, huge opportunity. And also right now, Thrive Market is giving away a free gift, up to $22 value gift. This could be food, this could be a personal care product. It's gonna change depending on how quickly you take action on this. But you get their one year Thrive Market membership which is going to save you hundreds of dollars every year at least. Right now, in addition to that, when you get your one year Thrive Market membership, you get a free gift. Go to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health. That's thrivemarket.com forward slash model health together is one word. Automatically you get 25 to 50% off your favorite non-GMO, organic, vegan, paleo, gluten-free, whatever health category is most important to you. They're all curated from the best companies. You get 25 to 50% off those things already Plus you get a free gift right now. So head over to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health. They also take a percentage of the purchases and they are giving back. They're giving memberships to those in need. They've also started the Thrive Market COVID-19 Relief Fund to provide grocery stipends to families facing health or financial hardships due to COVID-19. They've raised over half a million dollars already. It's a company doing a lot of good but also saving you a lot of money and getting you the healthiest products for yourself and your family. Thrivemarket.com forward slash model health. And now let's get to the Apple podcast review of the week.
1: Another five star review titled Warm and Intelligent Insight by Terry C. Sean represents a podcast that is intelligent, informative, and entertaining. I find this podcast addictive due to Sean's warm personality, intelligence, and well-vetted information, which is all topped off with a great sense of humor. Especially in these uncertain times, Full of media hype and propaganda, I find myself tuning into his grounded voice. Listening to his show, I'm soothed by the feeling that I'm getting sound advice from a reasonable friend. Thanks to this show.
0: Awesome. This is a testament. There is such thing as a healthy addiction, by the way. Thank you so much for leaving me that review over on Apple Podcasts. And listen, if you've yet to do so, pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. I appreciate it so much. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is Dr. Daniel Amen, and he's a double board certified psychiatrist and 10 time New York Times bestselling author with such blockbuster books as Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, Change Your Brain, Change Your Grades, and Change Your Brain, Change Your Body. And His most recent book is The End of Mental Illness. He's also the founder of Amen Clinics, which has eight locations across the United States and Amen Clinics has collected the largest database of brain scans related to behavior, totaling over 160,000 SPECT scans on patients from 121 countries. And his team has published more than 17 scientific articles and he is the lead researcher on the world's largest brain imaging and rehabilitation study on professional football players. Dr. Amin has also hosted 14 national public television shows about the brain which have aired over a hundred thousand times across North America. And that's where I first heard his voice and saw his face is on one of those specials. And it was a PBS special. It was like the only station that I can get at this rickety hotel that I was staying at. I was trying to get dressed to go to a meeting and I was stopped in my tracks. I was so captivated by his message, by the information that he was sharing. And from there, I just began to learn from him, Uh, read some of his books. And today he's a friend. He's somebody that Uh, I'm so grateful for to have him in my life and have access like this for all of us today in a time when we need him most. I'm just eternally grateful. So let's jump into this conversation with the amazing Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Daniel Amen, one of my favorite humans, and we need you more than ever right now. Uh, When we last talked, like I said, um, the world was very, very different. And I remember I heard you say before that mental health is just as important as physical health. And so I really want to talk today about why is caring for our mental health really more important than ever right now?
1: Well, Sean, it's just such a joy to be with you again. I'm so grateful for what you do in the world and how you're serving people. So to have you as a friend is very important to me. So when you asked, I said yes. Um, You know, the pandemic started for me on March 10th. My new book, The End of Mental Illness, uh, came out March 3rd. Mm. And I started a book tour. But when I went to Tampa, the new cases in Tampa were there. And then I went to Atlanta, and the new cases in Atlanta were there. And then I came home for a few days, and I was headed to New York to do the Mel Robbins show. We'd scanned her, and they were going to do the whole show on my book and her brain. But as I was in my bathroom getting ready to go to, to the airport, the producer called me and said, don't come, we're closing the studio. And, and I was sad for the book, but I was sort of glad not to get on a metal tube a playing with COVID-19 um, at the epicenter, which was in New York City. Right. And that night I wrote down, mental hygiene is just as important as washing your hands. That we need to disinfect our thoughts I call it kill the ants, the automatic negative thoughts, um, that is just going to steal our happiness. And that was prophetic. Uh, I sort of had a sense the incidence of anxiety, depression, addictions, post-traumatic stress disorder were going to skyrocket. And indeed they have, we need to be better. And it's just not mental health. It's sort of the point behind the end of mental illness. I'm, I'm not a fan of mental illness. I hate the word. It's demeaning, demoralizing, stigmatizing. If you call somebody mental, that's not a good thing. Yet, on the other hand, if you call someone a brain, that's an awesome thing. And what we've learned from our imaging work is get your brain right and your mind will follow. That... Mental illnesses shouldn't be called mental. Get rid of that term. They're brain health issues that steal your mind. And and one of the most interesting things during the pandemic, and I figured this out really early on, your best defense against COVID-19 is not going to be a vaccine or hydroxychloroquine or remdesivir or whatever. Your best defense is your immune system and your decision making. And so in order to get your brain right, you gotta get your body right, that they work as partners and we can't separate it. I haven't told you this, but just two days ago I published the world's largest imaging study on how weight impacts the brain. So on 35,000 scans and what we found as your weight went up, the function of your brain went down, mm. almost in a linear fashion. And so who's vulnerable for COVID-19? People who are overweight or obese because their fat cells produce too much of a receptor that sort of grabs on to the virus. Um, getting your body right is essential to getting your mind right. Mm
0: so powerful. And there's another big component that I was just talking about is the inflammation component as well when we're talking about obesity and what COVID-19 really is, it's a hyperinflammatory condition that generally, you know, we see it as targeting our lungs, but what makes us more susceptible is inflammation. And even in this it's so funny that this isn't talked about, but neuroinflammation is a big big concern right now for so many different health issues. So can you talk a little bit about what neuroinflammation is? So
1: when you have low levels of omega-3 fatty acids, or you eat a lot of processed foods, or you have gum disease, or your fat cells, there you have too many of them, and they're too big, they produce something called inflammatory cytokines that damage, (laughs) excuse me, damage virtually every organ in the body. And they can disrupt the blood-brain barrier and then cause inflammation of brain cells. And then you have brain fog and you can't think and you're more likely to have strokes and seizures. There's another mechanism we're learning with COVID-19. So inflammation is really important. But COVID-19 is disrupting platelets. And when we look at the first autopsy, reports and they dissect the heart, liver, lungs, kidneys, brain, what they're finding is a myriad of little tiny blood clots that are causing organ failures. And so making sure you have a healthy omega-3 fatty acid level is really important because it'll thin your blood just a little bit. And it seems like now that's probably a good thing to do. Hmm. So one of the things that uh, we should all be aware of
0: by now is that probably our biggest risk, risk factor is having a existing chronic illness. So obesity, hypertension, type two diabetes are the three major ones that we've seen already. I think it was published in JAMA but these are all gonna go hand in hand with how our immune function is gonna, is gonna respond. So this is what I'm hearing. So really focusing on getting our immune system healthy is one of the most important tenets. but also understanding how our brain interacts with our immune system cannot be overlooked. And I think we're getting into this conversation of you know, psychoneuroimmunology and how our thoughts and how our perception and how our, the health of our brain impacts our immune system. Is that a good kind of container to, to state where we're at right now?
1: You know, it's funny when you bring up psychoneuroimmunology. That's what got me into psychiatry. Um, you know, I had someone I loved who tried to kill herself. But I remember before I went to medical school, I was reading books about how your thoughts, um, how laughter actually had positive impact on immune system and then i'd read about treating cancer by using guided imagery uh, which i thought was just fascinating how to activate your immune system in a healthy way and so um so i've been interested in this topic for a long time one of my favorite books of all time is called the anatomy of an illness by norman cousins who was the editor of a very famous magazine, and he had a condition called ankylosing spondylitis where his immune system was attacking his spine and it was incredibly painful and none of the medications were helpful. And he's like, okay, to heck with the medicines, locked himself into a room for 500 hours with Laurel and Hardy uh, tapes and Charlie Chapman and other comedians and at the end of those 500 hours, his pain had been cut in half. And over time, his autoimmune disorder went away. So we can impact our immune system. I mean, some th- simple things to do is you should know and optimize your vitamin D level because that's, you know, I really think of it as the immune Vitamin slash hormone. It's so important. And 80% of the population has suboptimal levels. Mm. Um, Zinc is absolutely critical. Vitamin C, mushrooms. Uh, I'm a huge fan of lion's mane uh, because it can help your immunity, but it can also help your brain. Um, And it sort of looks like a big brain. I mean, yes, it looks like a lion's mane. That's why the name. But, you know, if you're like me and you're a brainiac it's like no that looks like a brain it's so cool yeah
0: so awesome so awesome so i think that and i'm just so grateful to be able to talk with you about this because you saw this coming you saw the ramification coming and you know both you and i we're dedicated to try to help as many people as we can to avoid the fallout because we have the the ramifications from covid specifically in infecting people and causing health issues but we have the ramification of the societal shutdown something we've never seen before in our lifetime where we have quarantines we have uh shelter in place we have social distancing these are all new phenomena for so many of us and the the fallout of that you know which is something that right now we know that about 40 million people are unemployed so what are we looking at as far as some of the things we need to be on guard about when so many folks are out of work, when we've been distanced from each other, um, what 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 are some of the issues that can come from that that we're already starting
1: to see? Anxiety disorders, they were a third of the population before the pandemic. I bet now it's 50%. Um, the incidence of anti-anxiety medications, antidepressants, sleep medications has just skyrocketed since March. In fact, uh, the FDA said we're going to have a shortage of Zoloft one of the good antidepressants, Um, for every percentage point, unemployment goes up. Opioid addictions go up 3.4%. And so unemployment was um, 3% when this started. As of today, it's 11%. And so you just think addictions are going to go up Um, I figured out the one question you should ask yourself before you propose to your sweetheart. And the one question you should ask yourself is, can I live with this person during a pandemic (laughs) where they're like the only person I see where I can't get five hours on a golf course or go to the mall? Can I live with this person? Because, you know, what I said early on, I said, divorces are gonna go way up because people are like, oh no, can't do this with the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and babies are gonna go way up because people have more time. They're you know, not having to spend all that time getting ready for work and driving to work and um, dropping the kids off, picking them up. So um, the issue of trauma is gonna go up. The people who've lost loved ones lost their jobs, lost their sense of certainty. I have a new book. I haven't told you yet, but I'll send it to you. I have a new book coming out in March called Your Brain is Always Listening. Mm. Um, The Hidden Dragons. Tame the hidden dragons uh, that control your happiness habits and hangups. And I talk about the dragons from the past that breathe fire on your emotional brain. And there's 13 from the past. And one of them is the death dragon. Like, if you have a parent who dies when you're young or a sibling, death is always with you. Well, now death is always with everyone. You know, whenever you pop on your computer or turn on the news, you know, we've lost Mm. 150,000 people in the US and more than 5 million people have had this. I mean, we've just been inundated with the idea of death and uncertainty. Now, You were going to die before, and the world really was uncertain before. You just had the illusion Hmm. that there was certainty, right? I mean, you could get hit by a car at any time. But, you know, to calm the death dragon is one. You have to make friends with it, because he's coming, or she is coming. And I started keeping a list of all the good things about dying, like... I'll never have to have my teeth cleaned again. (laughs) You're going to have somebody put a sharp metal object in your mouth for an hour just to scrape your teeth. I'll never have to have a root canal again. All the Internet haters will I I won't care about (laughs) anymore. (laughs) And so find 10 things about uh, death that are going to be okay with you. Wow, I love that
0: reframing. Oh, so powerful. So powerful. So, one of the big things that I've already taken away from this is that uh number 1, our thoughts really do control our physiology. Our thoughts create chemistry in our bodies and that can create a cascade of positive or negative effects. And also, we're all kind of going, or to varying degrees, we are experiencing are going to experience post-traumatic stress syndrome from this experience. And it just made me think about my neighbors next door and their daughter. She's 11 years old. And she, like you said, she knows she, death is such a, in the forefront of her mind now, where it didn't even exist before. And she's obsessed with protecting her family right now. And it's an invisible thing that she's in fear of. And like, how do you operate in the world post this? And I think that again, you and I both and what our lives are gonna be dedicated to is like, how do we help as many people to find some solace, to find a a new life or a new way of uh, adapting to these changing conditions when truly I think, and I don't know if you agree with this, but as it is now, if we don't do something, we can lose millions more lives from the fallout of how our society
1: has been changed so much? Oh, I think there's no question about that. And, you know, there'll be a lot of people talking about mental health, but not many people talking about brain health. Yeah. And I always think of my patients in these four big circles is you have a biology. So we have to talk about brain health. Um, underneath anxiety, depression, addictions, ADHD, PTSD, there's a biology to that. Yes, there's a psychology or your mind. So think of it like hardware and software. There's a social circle, how you're connected to your wife, to your babies, to the people you work with. Um, So think of that like network connections. Mm. And then there's a spiritual connection, which is why the heck do you care? What is your deepest sense of meaning and purpose? And so for us to deal with, let's call it post-pandemic stress disorder, uh, to deal with that, we have to really work on optimizing our brains and our bodies, physical health, not believe every stupid thing we think, kill the ants, work on our relationships. And one of the things uh, with your 11-year-old, is this quote I love from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who wrote one of the best books on death and dying. She said it is partially that the denial of death is partially responsible why people live empty, meaningless lives. Because when you believe you will live forever, you don't take care of the relationships you need to take care of today. Hmm. And so with her fear, it's like I understand because I always want you with me, but we all die, which means we have to make today count. We have to make today special. And both you and I know part of mental health is being able to live in the present with joy while at the same time planning for the future. Yeah. And too often, people get their present is infected by the past because they never work through those dragons. And uh, it just disrupts their ability to have joyful, meaningful lives.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And also future casting, you know, all of the fallout as well.
1: Let me just expand on that a little bit. Where you bring your attention, just like you said, determines how you feel. Yeah. And so I have these rituals that I would be honored if you'd adopt um, or people listening would adopt. Every morning, I start the day with today is going to be a great day. As soon as my feet hit the floor, today is going to be a great day. And it's on the top of my to-do list. And we have breakfast with the kids. Why is your day going to be a great day? Because when you do that, your unconscious mind we'll begin to find why it's going to be good. Hmm. When I go to bed at night, um, I have another ritual. I say a prayer, and then I say, or I ask myself this question, what went well today? And I have to find three things. And so tonight, you're gonna be one of the three things, as we got to hang out, and that makes me happy. And You you know, people have habits, you have habits. They're either good or they're bad, they serve you or they hurt you. Um, It's not that hard. You just have to do it for a couple of weeks and then you'll always do it. And the day my dad died, so you and I had talked about during this pandemic, I mean, it was not easy for me. My mom, my dad, my sister um, got COVID, my mom and dad were in the hospital, I couldn't visit them and I take care of their medical stuff. And five days later, they came out, but my dad really never got better. And a month later, he died. And the day he died, I'm getting ready to take him to the doctor. And my mom calls me, stop breathing. So I race over there, call the paramedics. And I did that exercise the day he died when I went to bed that night. And it helped me so much you go, well, what would go well on the day you lose your dad? You know, I must have gotten 500 tucks from my friends, from his friends, on how much they loved him. And I got to be there for my mom. There were several funny, sweet moments. And, you know, I just, I'm never going to forget it. Yeah. But that's because I have the mental discipline. to have the right habits, because I know where I look will always determine how I feel. And so you can train your brain to look at the haters, or you can train your brain to look at the people who bring you up. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be a hater of yourself. That's abusive. Right. And so when I hear my patients talking, I'm like, would you ever talk to your children like this? This is like really bad. <laughs> it's like you need to talk to yourself like you would talk to someone you love, because if you're not loving yourself, you're going to have a heck of a time with other people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's an abusive relationship. You can't get away from. You can't hide from yourself. That's so powerful. Oh, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. I kind of got choked up. Um just that pra- that process, because I don't think a lot of people realize this. Um, and I've talked about this before on the show, but my, my grandmother was like, she, she raised me, she instilled a sense of of value in me, uh, um, uh, a, a template of unconditional love, all of these wonderful things and losing her in a very abnormal condition, you know, um, so many of my family ended up like breaking down, like in some ways didn't recover from losing her. You know, on you know, being on medication, um, being you know, just kind of trapped. And people ask me like, "How did you? How are you able to smile? How are you able to to move on? How are you able to feel so good when you talk about her?" And it's literally, I in that moment when it all happened, I had a moment of pain, but. I quickly shifted and I just thought about all of the beauty that I had access to, all the gifts that she gave me, all of the uh, all the incredible messages that she instilled in me that I get to live on and represent for her. You know, It literally boils down to our perception. And right now we're all experiencing a massive, a massive uh, upside down world right now. But I think, and I'm so grateful for having this conversation because I think that we can really get through to people today on how important it is to guide your mind where you want it to be and how you are perceiving what's happening right now. Yeah,
1: now that's beautiful. And it's just, it's a practice. And so many people will try it once and it doesn't work, so they don't try it again. And I'm like, let's see, if you need to lose 50 pounds, you're going to have one salad. And because you don't lose 50 pounds, you won't develop a discipline around eating. It makes no sense at all. It takes discipline. That's why I call it mental hygiene or mental discipline. Um, another discipline is whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking Hmm. and then just ask yourself if it's true. Right. Once you get your brain right, you then have to program it. And along with that is turn off the news because the news is not the news. The news has changed in our lifetime to clickbait, that they're looking, breaking news. You've seen this, right? CNN, Fox, whoever, breaking news. It's always breaking news. I mean, like, stop it. You've like said this for three days now. And but they do it because they know the neuroscience of clicks and it goes with fear. And so, if you watch the news, they're going to do nothing but scare you and make you feel bad. And so, you know, I maybe spend ten minutes a day with the news. So, what happened today? Kanye's running for president. Something <laughs> interesting. And I'm like, all right, let's focus. We have Amon Clinics and Brain MD, and I have children. Let's focus on doing the right thing. When you just said
0: Kanye running from president, I immediately thought, I wonder if that's going to age well when people listen <laughs> to this episode in five years. <laughs> so another new thing that we're all experiencing is this uh, social distancing. So what does social distancing mean for our brains? Can we talk about that a little bit? Well, it's the bad term.
1: You know, I'm like, words matter. We should absolutely not be socially distancing. We should be socially more connected than ever. You should be physically distancing um, because you don't want to spread a virus that is infectious before you have symptoms. Um, So physically distancing, that's important to be smart, right? Your best defense against this virus is your decision making. You know, when you go out, wash your hands, don't touch people you don't know, be careful, be thoughtful. Um, But at the same time, isolation is really bad for your brain. And so, you know, now we have tools. We can FaceTime, we can Skype, we can Zoom, we can text, we can be connected. And one exercise I like is, you know, a lot of people talk about the research on gratitude I actually like appreciation better because appreciation is gratitude squared. So um, we have a website I like called BrainFit Life. And one of the exercises on it is who am I going to appreciate today? And if you can just find one person a day and then send him or her a text or an email or call them um, and just say, hey, I was thinking about you today and I really appreciate you. Um, what you're doing, and why I call it Gratitude Squared, is you're building a bridge to another person, so you're giving it away, which means you're helping their day be better.
0: I love that. I, I just made me think of the statement, what you appreciate, appreciates. I like that a lot. Uh, this is just mind-blowing stuff. We've got so much more to come. Everybody sit tight. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. For years, people would come into my office, wanting to get programs designed for improving their health and wellness and accomplishing their goals. But the biggest question that people would ask me is Sean, what can I take for more energy now? What I first expressed to them is that humans don't necessarily get energy, we create energy through our interaction with food and nutrients and also through our movement. Even as I'm moving now, I'm generating something called piezoelectricity. It's a form of energy, it's kind of uh, current in our bodies that we're all capable of when we are simply moving our body. So again, humans don't get energy, we make energy. But the things that we are interacting with, with our nutrition can be paramount to our experience of having energy. And today when people are looking for energy because of these crazy things that we have access to today, we're like chugging down these quote energy drinks that are causing more harm than good because they're hitting on one channel, just being a nervous system stimulant. And that's okay in some small doses, but when we're doing that over and over, because what generally happens is we get a correlating crash. We take something that spikes our nervous system, then when it starts to calm down and cool down, it goes even lower than it was before and we need to take something else again. So whether it's an energy drink or going ham, at the local coffee shop over and over again, we start to actually lose the resilience of our receptor sites for this caffeine and our body doesn't even use it as good as it once did. And many people have had that experience where one cup of coffee, that first experience was like life changing. Right? It's like you it was a the music came on it, you fell in love. Right? Oh my gosh, this exists. But then after that you need two cups, three cups. And we have to have a better strategy because I'm absolutely a fan of coffee and of caffeine because of some of the benefits it has, like, for example, on human metabolism. Studies show that caffeine can increase your metabolic rate by upwards of 11%. That means your body's ability to burn calories. And a study published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that most of the increase in metabolism from consuming caffeine is from the increase in burning of fat. So it is triggering your body to burn fat. So that might make some of us run out and wanna take a bunch of caffeine but there are different versions of caffeine. The source that you get it from matters a lot because there are dirty versions. There's dirty caffeine, right? But we wanna go for the clean stuff, right? There's clean, This big clean eating movement. We need to be more intentional and clean in our sources of things like coffee as well because dirty caffeine, because what good things in life come with the word dirty attached to it, right? We got dirty clothes, nobody likes dirty clothes, dirty bulking, dirty looks. Nothing good comes with the word dirty attached to it, except maybe Christina Aguilera's dirty. That was pretty hot when that came out. But bottom line is this, we wanna get clean sources of caffeine. So organic coffee is the way to go. So we're not consuming pesticides and herbicides and rodenticides that do in fact influence our microbiome because they're meant to destroy small organisms. And guess what our gastrointestinal tract is made of? These small organisms. And they can damage our endocrine system and also our nervous system as well. So organic is definitely paramount. But also, I want to see a reduction in the amount that we're taking by balancing it out with something else that provides the human body a natural source of energy production that happens within our cells. And there's a study that's published in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise that looked at 30 healthy people for six weeks and recorded the effects of cordyceps medicinal mushroom on their performance. The group that added cordyceps to their daily regimen had twice the oxygen intake of the control group who didn't get the cordyceps. And this oxygen, by the way, when we're talking about energy, this is the number one thing that we need. Oxygen is the most important thing, far more important than anything else. You can only last a few minutes without oxygen. And oxygen is essential in our cells and providing nutrients to our cells. So this is really important. And another study that was conducted with the same researchers found that Consumption of cordyceps medicinal mushroom led to a 9% increase in aerobic activity from taking cordyceps. It helps you to perform better. It directly influences your stamina and it doesn't have these weird, crazy after effects of having you crash. All right, so this is why I love the blend of cordyceps medicinal mushroom and organic coffee that you get with Four Sigmatic. All right, and I highly, highly recommend checking it out. I absolutely love it. It's what I had today. It's foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's dot com forward slash model. And you get 15% off all of their incredible mushroom coffees, mushroom hot cocos, and mushroom elixirs as well. If you're not a fan of, of coffee, you can get Cordyceps by itself. You can get reishi and chaga all from great sources, and they're dual extracted, which sets Four Sigmatic in a league of their own. This means it's a hot water extract and alcohol extract to give you all of these nutrients that you're hearing about in these studies. You're making sure that you're getting everything. All right, so head over there, check them out, forsigmatic.com forward slash model. And now back to the show. All right, we're back and we're talking with Dr. Daniel Amen. And we know that there are a lot of people who are feeling disconnected right now, who are feeling lonely right now, obviously social distancing can mean isolation. Can just being in those states, can that affect our immune system?
1: Well, if we think of all the people in care facilities where their families can't visit, it will kill those people early because of the heartbreak that goes with loneliness. And if you have someone in a care facility make appointments on a regular basis to call them, to reach out to them, to FaceTime with them. Um, It it is just critical. The lack of touch, the lack of connection is going to damage their immune systems and make them more likely to get sick with the virus. Um, Yeah, we know isolation is just terrible for developing brains. But it's terrible for any brain.
0: Yeah, and also just because you're at home with your family does not mean that you don't feel alone or you can't feel alone. So, what are some some things that people can do within the context of their nuclear family right now? Because I know at first it was cool. It was like, oh, we're just all it's a we're all indoor camping for a couple of weeks. Then it turned into this. So, what are some of the things that people um, that you've been seeing need to focus on in keeping? connection and and feeling that feeling that sense of uh, I guess anti loneliness within the context of their own household.
1: Well, it's so important to develop routines and rituals. Um, and one of the things I did early on, so I have this uh, mantra in my head that I can handle whatever happens. And so before we go on vacation, I tell myself 12 things are going to go wrong. Um, Like when we went to Europe, I'm like, 12 things are going to go wrong. And I'm not going to be upset until the 13th thing goes wrong. And that has served me so well. And it's rare I get anywhere close to my expectation of things going wrong. And so when the pandemic started, and my 16-year-old had a fit because she just got her first job, just got her driver's license, uh, you know, independence was hers, and uh, she had a fit. And I said, okay, there's going to be a rule in this house. Everybody gets a tantrum a week. You have one tantrum a week. Nobody's saying anything to you. Hopefully you're smart enough to apologize. Um, and now we're week 21, uh, no one's had 21 tantrums, so it's sort of okay. So grace is really important. And this is a historic time to put back the American family. Mm -hmm. The American family has been under assault for the last three generations. Um, Here in California, 90% of moms work outside the home, and children have been raised by other people, by systems, rather than by their own family. And I know I get hate mail when I say it. I don't think that's in children's best interest. Um, That we have three generations of tired women and, and half my organization is women, so I'm not saying women shouldn't work, so so don't get that. But hear what I'm saying, because I'm also a child psychiatrist. The bond between moms and dads and children has been strained by the fast pace in our society. Mm-hmm. Eight families out of 10 report they're closer to their children. Use this historic time to fix your relationship with your kids. And on Facebook, my wife and I did this. Okay. Parenting during a pandemic. And it's super simple. Know what you want. What are the goals? What goals do I have for my kids? And what goals do I have for myself as a parent? Write it down. Post rules. Society needs rules. And my favorite rule is don't make a problem. Uh, um, no more than five rules. I had a OCD patient once who posted 108. No, don't do that. Notice what you like more than what you don't like. Um, I mean, that's how we train animals, right? We don't beat them. We train them by noticing what we like. And one of my favorite rules is if you have a tantrum to get your way, the answer is no. It's always going to be no, no matter what you do, go ahead and have a tantrum. And if you can enforce that rule, you will not raise entitled, spoiled children. You'll have a greater sense of peace at home. And so many of the ADD kids, parents have been in denial that the child has ADD because the parent has ADD, too. And, you know, they're like, oh, the teacher's bad. The school's bad. Now they're seeing the child really does have ADD because they're doing schoolwork with them. Get them assessed. And it doesn't necessarily mean medication. There are all sorts of natural ways to get on top of that. But undiagnosed or untreated ADD in households is chronically stressful Hmm. in those households. Hmm. And so Learn about your kids, um, fix your relationship or optimize, and you'll make this pandemic the most important time in the development of your children's lives.
0: Ah, that's so powerful, so powerful. Um, Now with that, and it's a great opportunity, as you said, if we take advantage of it, something else that's been skyrocketing that could be another potential, because before it was time and busyness, Now, social media time has skyrocketed. I just saw a report yesterday uh, before I sent you a message. And I want to talk about that because during this time of like social economic shutdown, like I said, social media time has kind of filled the void for a lot of people. What kind of effect does that have on our brains when we shift from our busyness of of our day-to-day to like more social media time? And what can we do right now, by the way?
1: Well, I think some social media time is good because it helps us stay connected. Yep. Too much will melt your brain. It's not good. And uh, in my new book, The End of Mental Illness, I talk about the evil ruler. If I was an evil ruler, how would I create mental illness in America? I would let companies like Google and Facebook. They're going after mindshare in your children. You know, I used to get after Coca-Cola and McDonald's because they're going after stomach share for your children. They're actively marketing to children like Jewel did. Um, We have to be very careful with gadgets, gadgets that follow us, that know our preference, that feed us ads based on what we look at. We, We need to be really thoughtful and careful that the gadgets don't make us dumb over time um so i think supervising yourself what i want you to do with your free time is new learning so if you find something um you know a lot of people go to these games that just steal hours and hours and hours um whether it's a language or music or gardening or cooking I want you to spend this time learning something that you've never done before because that grows brain cells.
0: Mm. Awesome, awesome. And there's so, we have so much access right now as well. There's so many wonderful, like you can learn from the best person in each field on how to do that particular thing. If you want to write a script, this is the time to do it. If you want to learn how to cook better, Gordon Ramsey will teach you, you know, like there's so much access we have. It's just, where is our time gonna be devoted? Is it into learning something new that can add value to our lives in so many different ways? Or is it gonna be you know into the gossip? Which is, you could get a little smidgen of the gossip, just like a smidgen of the news, but this is a great opportunity to grow yourself. Um, so with that said, obviously, there a big percentage of this is folks, you know, passing the iPad over to the kid and, you know, kind of trading in one thing for another, you know? And, and again, I want to make this very clear. There is definitely room for that. Sometimes you just need a break, you know, let the kid have the, you know, iPad, watch a show, whatever, play video games, and also to be able to connect. That's another thing my son has been doing. He's been playing like Roblox, I think it's called, with his friend. I'm not a, I'm not a Roblox expert, but, um, but he gets on there online with his friend and they have great time and interaction and going to these different worlds. And, They're talking about coding and building their own stuff. It's really, it's cool. It's a cool way to interact. But we also need to be aware that, and I want to ask you about this, at a time when, especially like in elementary school, there's so much mental, emotional, social development with kids being able to interact with each other. That's not possible right now, especially here in California, for kids to be face-to-face and interact in that social paradigm. So what are some of the things that, because it's gonna be a concern for a lot of folks, what are some of the things that we can create or encourage with our kids right now? And I've already seen these messages. A lot of parents feel they're more worried about their child than anything else as far as them being able to get access to learning, getting access to other children, to be able to, quote, play, and just to, quote, you know, find some normalcy right now. So if you could, what are some things that we can employ to create some normalcy for our kids.
1: You know, it's funny, while you were talking, you're actually from the Midwest,
0: right, Sean? That's right, I'm a transplant here. It's only been a year, it's been so crazy. Yeah, I
1: remember when you just came. And I was just thinking of my friend, uh, Earl, who grew up on a farm in Minnesota, and he's just one of the most balanced people I know, and had lots of alone time growing up because you know, his city where he grew up in not city, but the county was small and being on a farm, he just had a lot of alone time. Alone time's not the problem. The problem is how are the parents doing? If mom and dad are doing okay, children are like violins. They play the mood states of their parents. And so really having enough time for yourself so that you manage your moods, you manage your anxiety, you're not drinking and acting dumb. Uh, that's really the most important thing you can do for your child. You know, this period of time, it's going to be over now. It might not be over till the end of 2021, but it's, it's going to go away. Are you going to be proud of how you acted between now and then? And that's what I asked myself. Uh, I was an army psychiatrist, so I understand war, and we're clearly at war with COVID 19. And you understand, you know, wars have their own courses, they don't just go away when you want them to. And ultimately, if you end up being a prisoner of war, it's your mindset that gets you out, that gets you home. And uh, so I'm like, well, I can do anything for a year. Let me do the right thing. And if I model healthy behavior and healthy thinking patterns, guess what? You're the one teaching these kids now. It's not the other kids. Like I've been a fan of homeschooling for a long time because in homeschooling, who has the most influence? It's it's not a teacher that I don't know and can't even control, you know, which of the teachers my kid gets in school. Um, it's, I'm gonna have the most influence over them. And I sort of like that.
0: Yeah, I love it. I, I love it. you keep shifting it back to opportunity. And this is just a testament to who you are, all the work that you put in and all the people that you've served. And I love talking with you. Right now, I feel more empowered and I feel more uh, capable because again, a lot this stuff affects all of us. And I know that you said that uh, you just released this new report, correct? So is this study, so what was the underlying result when we're talking about obesity in relationship to the brain? Are Is the brain... I would imagine the volume of the brain itself might be affected.
1: Well, other people have published studies that basically said as your weight went up, the size of your brain went down, Mm -hmm. which you just scare the fat off anybody. Um, If you're overweight, so think of BMI normal is 18.5 to 25 twenty five to thirty is overweight, over 30s obese and over 40s morbidly obese. So it's basically a measure of height versus weight. And um, for people who are overweight, they had four percent less volume in their brain and their brain looked eight years older than normal Whoa. weight people. For people who were obese, they had eight percent less volume in their brain and their brains looked 16 years older than healthy people. So I published two studies before, one on our normal population and one on our NFL group. I did the largest study on active and retired NFL players. And what we found was as their weight went up, blood flow to their brain went down. But we got a grant from um, a family in Hong Kong. We'd helped like 40 people in the family and we put all of our scans into a searchable database. So now I have a database that's got 70,000 scans in it. And when we were able to get BMI in there, I went, well, let's look at normal weight, overweight, obese, morbidly obese in 35,000 scans. So it's the largest imaging study ever done looking at brain function and weight. And there was a linear correlation as your weight went up, the function of your brain went down in very important areas of the brain, areas that put you at risk for Alzheimer's disease and for mental health issues like depression. And it was published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease And George Perry, who's the senior editor, the editor-in-chief, he wrote, we are starting to learn that Alzheimer's disease is a disease of aging. It's a lifestyle disease. We're not going to find one pill to fix Alzheimer's disease because there are many different roads to it. And one of those roads, Dr. Amen has just shown, is being overweight or obese. Now, why should we care? It's the biggest brain drain in the history of the United States. 72% of the population is overweight. 42% of us are obese. And if you actually look at, because I know COVID has, you know, been hurting African-Americans more than Caucasians, they have a significantly higher percentage of overweight and obesity. You know, I think of that as racism that if we're not taking care of all of our population and that many African-Americans grow up in food deserts where they don't have access to healthy food at a reasonable cost, um, that will just keep them uh, down and that shouldn't be okay with anybody. Yeah, you're so
0: right. Um, I, I, For one, I was born into it and I didn't know that there was anything outside of that. And uh, it's, big, it's a big mission of mine as well to help people to get educated, to get people access. Uh, but what's what would be your ideal book? Because now we know that this is obviously our risk of uh, severe symptoms and also our mortality rate goes up if we're not physically healthy, if we're overweight. But now we're also getting another affirmation of what this does to our brain. And you've shared conclusively that our brain health is our biggest defense against COVID and the way that we perceive all what's going on and how we manage ourselves within the construct of COVID is so important. So uh, change your brain, change your body. Would that be one for everybody to check out?
1: Um, yes. Or, you know, I think the end of mental illness is the best thing I've written. And it really teaches you how to get healthy. There's a great chapter in a called Food Made Insanely Simple. And I talk about the connection between food and mental health issues and you know what's the ideal brain diet. Um, and the ideal brain diet question is when you go to eat something, is this good for my brain or bad for it? And if you can answer that with information and love, love of yourself, love of your spouse, love of, your children, love of your mission, you're gonna start eating better. And people go, oh, but I don't like any foods that are healthy for me. That's a lie. My um, nephew has Tourette syndrome and I put him on a very specific diet and he came to stay with me for four days and he said, I don't like any of those foods. And I'm like, is that true? So I made it our mission to find 20 foods he loved that loved him back. It's like, you know, I mean, I don't know, John, if you've ever been in a bad relationship with anyone, I certainly have. And I'm 66. There's no way I'm doing that anymore. (laughs) And I'm damn sure not doing it with food. So I am only going to be in love with foods that love me back. And at the end of the four days, we've actually found 50 foods he loved that loved him back. And now he's well over 80 foods.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Uh, The End of Mental Illness is one of the best books of the year by far. Everybody should have that in their library. Um, Before you even came out, you shared with me, it's the most uh, cited book. You've got the most research going into it, but it's just enjoyable to read. You're so good at this. You know all the incredible books, all the incredible New York Times bestsellers and it's just such a gift it's such a you're such a wealth of knowledge for everybody and i I'm so grateful to have this conversation. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. I'm grateful I could be able to reach out and to get you in here. We need you right now so please keep it coming. I want everybody to uh, follow Dr. Amon on social media as well what what is your Instagram handle at Doc Amen at Doc Amen. And also we want to direct people to, they could
1: find your book where? Facebook to Dr. Daniel Amen. I have been on 75 times doing Facebook lives. Um, So sort of before I went to bed, I'd go live and go, let's talk about the pandemic. Mm. Uh, They can learn more about the clinics. We have eight soon to be nine clinics. We're going to open Dallas in October, in the middle of a pandemic. amenclinics.com. So Amen like the last word in a prayer, clinics.com. Perfect. Dr. Amen. I appreciate you so much. Thanks, John. Awesome.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. So many takeaways from this episode. Today you get a tantrum permission slip. All right. One a week. You could flip out if you need to but just know that that is not the way to get what you want but sometimes we just got to express ourselves you know uh, whether you need to get yourself a, a a heavy bag whether you need to just get a, a a room you could just go and just run and just you know there's these places you can go where you could just break stuff did you know that they're probably closed right now but what a fantastic idea you know But just understand that you have the right to be upset right now. Our lives are so dramatically different. But at the end of the day, it's up to us to choose how we respond to what's happening. It's up to us to choose how we perceive what's happening. We have to be empowered within our own lives, within our own psyche, before we can empower others and help to kind of shift where all of this is going. Because we're gonna need all of us collectively to do that. And I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show. Make sure to follow Dr. Amen on social media. He's always dropping good stuff. And also pick up The End of Mental Illness. It's a super important book right now. It's so funny that that book would come out like a week before the shutdown. Yeah, I don't think that's an accident at all. But um, I'm just grateful for you. And hopefully this provided some new tools and insights that you can add to your life as the story continues to unfold. And I appreciate you. I want to continue to inspire your greatness because nothing that's happening right now is going to stop you from becoming the person that you are meant to be. As a matter of fact, all of this, I believe, is helping to evoke the gifts and talents and capacities that you have within you. All right, this is the time right now. So let's employ some of these little things we picked up today and help to transform our own worlds, the worlds of our families, and then we can stretch and reach out to our communities at large. I appreciate you for tuning in today. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.